0: Welcome to episode 8 of Have a Blessed Gay, your weekly spiritual comedy podcast. I am your holy host, the voluptuous Tyler Martin. Rar! Shout out to the new subscribers and reviewers, thanks y'all! And if you haven't already subscribed or reviewed, I humbly ask you to do so. This episode feels a bit serendipitous because a lovely audience member reached out to me this week who is struggling to love and accept themselves, and they've been putting a lot of weight on other people's opinions. So much so that they began adopting those opinions as their own. Something I think we can all relate to, right? I mean, I thought I looked amazing in my leopard print skinny jeans until damn Jessica said something snarky. Stupid ass Jessica. But during my conversation with them, It was clear that they were relating their negative baggage in life directly to their sexual orientation and identity, thinking it might be better or easier if only they were different. People have told them to be ashamed. And they are. I think we can all agree that that feeling sucks ass. And no, not in a good way. After we finished our little chat, I felt called to talk about this. So maybe you're supposed to hear this message today. Or maybe you know someone else who needs it. But either way, here goes. I remember one time when I was a kid, about five years old, this group of adults thought it would be hilarious if I put on a dress. And little gay me was like, uh, yeah, be right there. Let me just finish curling my Barbie's hair first. I put on the silky white dress, felt the gorgeous beading down my sleeves, looked at myself in the mirror and thought, damn I'm beautiful. Then I pranced my beautiful little tush to the group of adults in the other room. At first it was fun. Then after just a minute or two, the adults started making jokes about me, laughing at how effeminate I was. And I quickly realized I was not supposed to enjoy being in that dress, not to them anyway. I was immediately mortified, extremely embarrassed, and just upset that they wanted me to wear this dress just to make fun of me. I remember telling the story to my mom and just crying that night. And I can pinpoint that night as the turning point in my life when I went from being an obnoxiously attention-seeking child who was always singing a bit too loudly to a painfully shy introvert, scared to be my little goofy self. If you have ever been othered, labeled as not normal, it's easy to feel hollow, wanting acceptance, longing to be loved. Through those experiences we evolve and create barriers to protect ourselves and what ends up happening is that we're always so on guard that moments of authenticity become rare, if they ever happen at all. We become so talented at hiding that we might even look at ourselves in the mirror and not recognize the person that we see. In my opinion, the most important relationship that we will ever have is not with a higher power or family or romantic partners, but with ourselves. What does your relationship with yourself look like? Do you recognize the person underneath the armor? To me, communication is the most important aspect in all relationships. So you best believe I talk to myself. I even make jokes. I may look like a fucking psycho, but I do make myself laugh almost every single day. I know what I like. I know what I like. In order to achieve any level of authenticity, we have to have a good, healthy relationship with ourselves. And instead of seeking fulfillment and authenticity from others, which logistically just doesn't make any sense, we have to find it from within, as sappy as that sounds. So I have a fun little exercise to try. Take yourself on a date. Okay, a little weird, I know, but go with me here. Set up a date night. If you can't set aside a whole night, make it an hour, whatever the time, make it intentional. If you like flowers? Buy yourself some damn flowers. That noodle restaurant that no one else likes. Uh, in the words of Donna and Tom, treat yourself and slurp those noodles down. Do activities that bring you joy. Watch Downton Abbey while you masturbate. Whatever. It's your time. And during your date, begin a dialogue with yourself. Ask questions. Talk about what you're looking forward to in the following week. And talk about the struggles that you're facing. Just like a computer needs to scan for viruses, we have to scan ourselves for problems, find any attacks against our hard drive. And when you find a conflict in there, which, you will, act as if you are chatting with someone else, exchange thoughts, listen, challenge yourself, don't just take your word for it, come to an understanding, and then create a game plan on how to move forward. Now as a word of warning, you know that anxiety you feel in your gut while talking to someone else about a conflict? Yeah, unfortunately you will most likely feel that same anxiety even when talking with yourself. There's something very vulnerable and maybe even a little scary about it, but I think it's scarier to go through life not actually knowing yourself, so try it out and let me know how it goes. Who knows, maybe you'll ask yourself out on a second date. But here's a dealio. I love mantras and all that self-indulgent bullshit as much as the next basic bitch. However, I am also a big fan of therapy. It's really important to have someone to talk with, other than yourself. So if you are struggling on your own and you need guidance, there's nothing wrong with that. Reach out to someone. And if money is an issue, there are several places and organizations that provide financial aid. So check those out. Just please do your research and find someone who is going to accept and empower you, i.e. if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community, find someone who is also in the community, or an ally. Just know this, these types of feelings are felt by a lot of people, so you're not alone, specifically individuals in marginalized groups, told by society that they are lesser than, that they are other, not shockingly. That'll fuck up a person. The guest on this episode was told by the people around them that there was something wrong with them. They were told to hide what made them shine. And sadly, they did, for a little while. Now he is embracing who he is, getting to know himself in a new way. His name is Brian Faldudo. (laughs) Brian was that gay kid from School of Rock, remember, otherwise known as Billy. AKA Fancy Pants. Today Brian is an actor, life coach and singer songwriter who recently came out with his country single God Loves Me Too. We chat about his experience with School of Rock, his journey toward living an authentic accepting life, and how he is using his art to help others. So come on y'all, give yourself a big hug and let's listen to this awesome combo. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, the leading provider of online counseling. Y'all, the world is crazy, and mental health is important. Some might even call it spiritual. I personally use BetterHelp myself and absolutely love what they're doing. BetterHelp makes professional counseling accessible, affordable, and convenient. So if you're struggling emotionally, battling anxiety, or you can't stop crying after an episode of Queer Eye, BetterHelp can be there for you anytime, anywhere. Go to my personal link at betterhelp.com slash gay to check it out and get what 10% off the best part is you don't even have to leave your house they offer four ways to speak with a licensed counselor video calls phone calls real-time chat and direct messaging all counselors have been qualified and certified by their state's professional board In other words, you're not talking to a lobster dressed in human clothes. They're legit! All you gotta do is go to my link at BetterHelp.com slash Blessed Gay and begin the questionnaire to match you with a therapist who is uniquely qualified to serve your needs. How sexy! It's super duper easy and you're matched within 24 hours or less. BetterHelp has a monthly subscription rather than paying per session, which makes it cheaper. But if finances are still a concern, financial aid is available for those who qualify. Get counseling, improve your life, and help this podcast out in the process by going to betterhelp.com slash gay. Sign up today and get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com slash blessed gay. Brian Faldudo, welcome to Have a Blessed Gay.
1: Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Let's just get into it. Okay. Tell us who you are and what the hell you do.
1: <laughs> uh, my name is Brian Faldudo, as you said. Uh, I'm a songwriter primarily, I'm also a life coach, um, and I'm an actor, and I'm a human.
0: Hyphen, hyphen, hyphen. We love a hyphen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people probably
0: know you from the film School of Rock starring Jack Black. You played the fabulous Billy, a.k.a. Fancy Pants. You wrote an article for The Advocate, and there was a line in there that really stood out to me. It reads, when I first auditioned for School of Rock, I didn't give a damn what anyone thought about me. And that's why I got cast. Would you tell us about your audition experience for School of Rock and just what that whole experience was like for you?
1: Yeah, it was um it was long. <laughs> I had to go in <laughs> like 11 times. Um but I yeah, I mean I went in and I had Been noticed for standing out in the children's choir and like singing the loudest. And I had always like whenever families had done gatherings, I would always be performing in the living room, even if no one asked me to. And I was just like this very outgoing kid who, for his audition, (laughs) decided to sing a a Boy Soprano rendition of Send in the Clowns. Um, yes you did (laughs) from A Little Night Music and like that was like my legit audition like I walked in and I was like here is an acapella boy soprano rendition of Sten in the Clowns and I think they were just like well we have to do something with this because my character didn't even exist at the time so I think they kept calling me in because they were like what can we do here Um, and yeah I mean I think a lot of like maybe LGBTQ persons can relate to that like younger unfiltered stage and then like all of a sudden um, when it gets labeled as gay, that's when you kind of retreat from it. So, um, but yeah, so that was like my, my kind of like, my claim to, to being discovered, I guess.
0: And you talk about School of Rock fondly, it seems, was it a positive filming experience?
1: Oh, it was amazing. It was, uh, I don't know, sometimes I even say to this day, it's one of the best experiences of my life. The, I mean, it's just kind of unparalleled, right? You're in the fifth grade and you get to spend four months on set and you get to go to, like, award shows and do press stuff and um, spend time with Jack Black. Like, I would be silly if I said that I regretted it. I definitely don't regret it. I loved so much of it. And honestly, so many of the kids and I who were in it are still friends and I consider them family and... It's been really positive in the long run. I mean, I'm always open and honest about the fact that, like, there was, like, a bit of turmoil afterwards as far as, like, um, just kind of being associated with this LGBTQ referencing character, you know? Um, So, yeah. So there was, like, obviously complicated feelings around it, but I'm definitely grateful. And I look back fondly indeed, especially now that I've, like, come to accept it and whatnot.
0: Well, I definitely relate to your journey. I was a very flamboyant, super goofy, attention-seeking kid. But then, yeah, suddenly I hit an age where people didn't find that behavior it's cute anymore. <laughs> and those years, for better or worse, really informed my life. So what was that experience like for you after School of Rock, being praised so heavily for your differences, but then immediately being shamed for those exact
1: same differences? I think at the time, as far as, like, processing at the age of, like, at the with the mentality of a fifth grader, it was just, like, shit, have I done something wrong? Like, um, do I need to change to blend in? Like, I'm getting, the attention that I'm getting is suddenly negative. So, like, what do I have to do to fix that? And it wasn't so much, there wasn't ever a moment where I was, like, well, I'm going to stand my ground <laughs> in this, you know? I was too young to kind of, like, do that, and I also didn't really have anyone to look to, to be, or to like say like, it's okay to just be you, you know? So it was always kind of like, even the people who loved me and cared for me, they were like, um, don't get hurt, do the safe thing, blend in, Make just try to be like everyone else, you know? Um, And you discover in your older age that those cliches aren't true and the be yourself cliches are true. Um, But it just took me some time to get there. Um, I mean, you mentioned that I'm like open and honest about it now. That's kind of like my goal because I ran from it for so long. And kind of like you said, people related to it. I mean, I was this outgoing, like, sassy kid. And they put that on screen, um, which was, like, I feel like they hadn't been doing very much at the time. And a lot of people went to the movies who were just like me and were like, oh, there's other boys who act that way. Um, and I feel like it could have been really powerful if I was like, yeah, let's all, let's all be ourselves. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do that. Obviously I was too young and I did what I needed to do to survive and I don't regret it. But, um, now I'm like, I want to have more dialogue around making sure that people know that that's okay.
0: Were you raised in a religious or spiritual household?
1: Yeah. And I'm finally getting to talk about that a lot with my new song without, but it's, um, it, yeah, I mean my entire, there, it was such a strong part of me growing up. And sometimes I forget that even cause you know, I have such a different relationship with it now, but, um, I woke up at 5 a.m. every Sunday and I led service as a vocalist for three services. That was like the majority of my Sundays. And then I went to private school since third grade, so 45 minutes of every day was spent spent on theology. We had mass once a month, or sometimes more, depending on if there's holidays and what saints were doing something. And um, there was just so much, there was so much. It was always religion. Um, And Christian specifically, right? Christian specifically, yeah. I went to a Protestant church because my mom's side was Protestant. Like my mom raised me Protestant, but then there's not really Protestant schools. So she sent me to a Catholic school, but my dad's family was Catholic. So I kind of got like two tastes of Christian.
0: And how did you relate to religion and spirituality? Obviously, I guess you were able to use your talents in church, which is uh, great and beneficial. But how how was your relationship with church?
1: Um, sorry, I'm getting like a little emotional over here. Just because like I just thought about like what my relationship to was, and it changed a lot. You know, like sometimes it was just me performing in church and that felt good, or going to like a church barbecue and being with my church family, which felt really good too um but sometimes religion gets under your skin in a way that um most nights um like praying that i could change like religion became like a instrument to use against who i was um so that was difficult to navigate and there were many sad nights that i'm learning a lot of people have have had or are having um and yeah
0: I wonder what your relationship then was exactly uh, with the idea or concept of homosexuality. Was there a time where that word or words came into um, play that you remember, like, the first time that you identified as something other or bad?
1: Yeah, like, all I knew about it was that it was bad. I remember the first time um, when School of Rock came out, there was this publication that called me gay, and I remember, like... um, Like, there was upheaval about it in my family. Like, how dare they say that? Um, And, like, amongst, like, peers. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I wish they didn't say that. That's so embarrassing. Like, it was just instantly kind of like, that's not something to be called, you know? Well, you
0: ended up staying in the closet until college, right?
1: Yes. I came out senior year of college.
0: And what was that experience like?
1: Uh, it was good. Um, I mean, <laughs> I came out because I kind of fell in love with this person who ended up uh, also being, like, a bit disconnected from who he was. And so our it was kind of a tough relationship because there was a lot of um, toxic dependency. Um, so coming out was a bit dramatic as well because it wasn't in the healthiest of circumstances. Um, but I feel like that happens with a lot of people who kind of fall in love With someone not knowing who they are, who they're bringing to the picture, right? So totally, yeah. So it was it was complicated. Um, Yeah, it was. I wouldn't say it was easy. And
0: what happened with uh, your boyfriend at the time?
1: Uh, I don't know. We don't really talk anymore. Uh, He recently tweeted something inappropriate about School of Rock. So I I, I retweeted it and I said, this is tacky and I still hate you.
0: (laughs) Yes, I love that. (laughs) Well, for creatives, it can be really rewarding to express our experiences, both the positives and the negatives, through art. And that seems like something that you have done throughout your life, specifically as an adult. But, I want to know, how did you become involved in country music? I'm just very intrigued about this transition
1: uh, yeah, I worked in out of college. I worked primarily just because of an internship, but i did I did always kind of love country music, um, which I'll explain. but I worked for a country music radio station for four years. So that kind of like really planted the seed.. Um, But prior to that, I mean, country music is the best place as far as music goes to find storytelling. And um, a lot of the, one of the big places I found my, my groove as an artist for a while was theater because theater has that aspect of storytelling too. And then country music does, um, you know, I just really liked hearing lyrics that kind of stated my experience that I was having internally since I never was very good at, doing. That. I was never very connected to myself. Um, and then music's kind of how I became connected to myself. It's like the first time I sat down with a guitar and I was like, this is something that I'm feeling deep inside. Um, let me sing it for you. And it turns out when you, when you share those things, other people are feeling them too. And then there's this beautiful connection that happens. And I think, uh, music has kind of been that outlet for me where I do, I, yeah, I kind of bookmark things that I'm experiencing or feeling. And I, I, I put them out into the world.
0: Well, your new single, God Loves Me Too, did recently come out. Everyone go have a listen. But words have an immense power. And I think just simply stating that God loves you, that you're worthy, that's impactful. It's something that the majority of the LGBTQ plus community goes without personally hearing. And I'd love to hear coming from your childhood, how did you get to a place in your journey where you could say those words that God does love you?
1: Um, I wasn't, I mean, I did that that drift that LGBTQ persons tend to do from the church because, you know, like you said, there's not much language calling us back ever, you know? But, you know, I always loved church. I loved going to church. There was a therapeutic aspect for it, of it for me always. Christian music has always been such a huge part of my life. I love so many songs i love listening to k love you know i'm a i'm a big fan i love the positivity and i didn't want to cut certain aspects of that out of my life and i was like i i love church i love christian music i love um the stories of the bible um so i was like i'll I'll always i'll get back there you know and occasionally i would wander into a church but i was in la doing some projects like two years ago and i decided to just like um, I was, I, I'm not from LA, so I didn't really know anyone in town and I had Sundays free and I was like, let me just check out a church. And I went to the Hollywood United Methodist church, um, you know, and I walked in and there was this giant pride flag hanging above the doors and the pastor was wearing a, like, I forget what the thing is called that they wear on their neck, but it was rainbow. And, um, Every Sunday I went there for the whole time I was in LA and they made it a point every Sunday to make sure LGBTQ persons knew that they were welcome there, both their, both through like their presentation and through like actually saying it. Um, and I, I would see like a gay couple ahead of me, a couple pews holding hands. And it was just often, I would just go there just to like experience that. Cause I never thought it would be a thing, you know, I never thought I'd get to experience that. Um, And I would just sit there in church and I would, um, I think the pastor thought there was something wrong with me because I would just cry for like an hour. (laughs) And I'd be like, this is is crazy that this is, that this is out here and people don't know about it. And then I was like, wow, yeah, people don't know about it. And then I had that moment where I was like, there's still a kid sitting in a church pew somewhere that doesn't know that this is going to be an option one day. Um, And that kind of like is what infused the song.
0: I remember the first time that I went to a gay accepting and empowering church, and it was almost uncomfortable for me, to be honest, because I was sitting there in this church with pride flags, gay people everywhere, couples openly holding hands. And it was this bizarre thing of two worlds colliding, I guess, that just felt jolting and almost too surreal You know, not fitting in or feeling accepted by a person or a group of people is one thing. But being told that an entity, a higher power doesn't love you, that is massive. It is heavy and it has caused so many people to even end their lives. So it's just really wonderful. You have found a space and have flourished. And something else that I love about you is ever since School of Rock came out, you have been called the gay kid from School of Rock. And I love that you now wear that as a badge of honor. I think that that is really cool. But after struggling for so many years with that label, how do you now actively engage with your authentic self coming to a place to embrace being called the gay kid from School of Rock?
1: Yeah, I mean, all of the work that I do as an artist and as a coach are, are all about, like, proving your relationship with yourself, which usually has to do with acceptance in a lot of categories. Um, I think that everybody is who they are based on every single minute, second, hour, day, week month that they've lived up until that moment that they are this person like that you and I are talking right like we are the people that are talking to each other because of the lives that we've lived and I I don't want to deny any part of the life that I've lived because otherwise I wouldn't be the person who's talking to you so it's I just had to find like a place for it where I could yeah I mean I guess just use it to my benefit and the benefit of others
0: And you do. You are a life coach now, helping other people to live authentic lives. You have an awesome podcast called the Gay Life Coach Podcast. What led you to not only work on yourself, but to be so passionate to spread this wealth around and to become a life coach? And how has that even, how has that process and, and experience been for you being a life
1: coach? Yeah, well, outside of music and acting, I had never really like pegged down the thing that I want to do, you know, and music and acting comes and goes as far as opportunities and, uh, you know, passion and creative juice and whatever. Um, So I kind of wanted to find that other thing that was my thing. Um, As I mentioned, I was very disconnected from myself for a very long time and getting reconnected with oneself in kind of a healing way is a long process that I've that I've been kind of invested in for the past four years and almost to a point where I've become kind of addicted to it. Like, I think that this inner work, this mindfulness that makes happiness optional for people is really cool. Especially if you spend your whole life, not knowing that happiness is like an option for you just based on your relationship with yourself. So it's, it, it becomes something that I got really excited about and I almost to the extent that I'm excited about music, And I was like, I want to do more with this. I want to find out how does one go about improving that relationship with themselves and how can I help other people do that? And then I came across coaching and I was like, well, this seems like the best way to help people do that without getting a therapy degree. So there we go. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well for people out there listening right now who are being told to hide who they are being told to shine a little less what advice do you have for them
1: um okay it's gonna sound a little cheesy but you mentioned this idea of like not shining as much as they are scientifically we are all made of startups we are we are literally made of the same stuff as stars so we all have a light that shines. And the thing about light, you know, the thing about the sun, for example, the sun doesn't ever go away. Sometimes you can't see it because there's things that are blocking it. So if someone's telling you not to shine, really all you're gonna do is put something in front of the fact that you're shining. Like you're you're still gonna be shining. You're just gonna block it off. Cause like things that shine don't stop shining. There's they only the only way to create shadows is by putting something in between the thing that's shining and the, the you know, the dark plates, right? So if you feel safe right now and that's what you need to do to survive, you can put that thing there to like create that shadow spot for yourself. But just know that like eventually then you're gonna have to do the work on that shadow spot and the obstacle so that you can shine again. And also just remember that like you're not going to actually stop shining. So like the best thing to do maybe is just to let yourself shine and try not to put so many things in front of it if if possible. But I know that people's situations are are difficult and different. And sometimes we have to do the things that protect us in the moment, like I had to for 15 years. So I get it if people aren't able to let themselves shine at the moment.
0: Yeah, I agree. Sometimes we got to protect ourselves, unfortunately. For anyone who is scared, but specifically thinking that their higher power might not love them, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're feeling scared, that's okay. It's okay to be scared. The world is scary. But, I mean, the point of my song was just to let people know that I was scared, and I tried to change, and then I found out that I didn't have to. And that there's so much love for what I actually am out there, and it just takes some time to find it.
0: Yeah, sometimes we got to look. Well, thank you, Brian, for sharing your story and your art. Where can
1: people find you and keep up with the terrific work you're doing? Thanks, Tyler. Um, I am on Instagram, Brian Faldudo. Um, That's probably the easiest place to keep up with me. Um, I also have a second Instagram called The Gay Life Coach, which is geared towards my podcast and just has like some mindfulness tips and whatnot so either of those is a great place to find and connect with me
0: brian thank you so much for chatting with me i really appreciate it
1: thanks have a good day have a blessed day
0: (laughs) yeah a blessed gay (laughs) okay who else wants to go down memory lane and watch school of rock right now but before we do here are my main takeaways number one children don't inherently label themselves as other until adults do we have to do a better job at making an accepting empowering society for our children don't ask a child to shine less number two creativity is an amazing outlet for self-discovery and expression find something creative you enjoy and see how you can express your inner feelings through that art number three Every bit of our journey has informed where we are now. Embrace the good and the bad. Learn from your mistakes and learn from your successes. Number four, we are all shining stars. If you need to hide your shine to stay safe, do so. But ultimately, try to find a place and a group of people where you can shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright, shine far, don't be shy, be a star. All right, all right, I'll stop with the song lyrics, but those are some good throwbacks, right? Number five, your God or higher power loves you. I would love to hear from you. Definitely let me know how that date night goes and tell me about your journey. If there was a time that you were told to hide your authentic self, and what your relationship with yourself looks like today. Also, if you have anything you would specifically like to hear on here, or you just have a question for me, my email is in the show notes. Or you can just DM me on social media, at Gay on all the platforms. I have posted links in the show notes for Brian and his song. Definitely check those out. And if you are not subscribed or following this podcast yet, make sure to do so. It is the best way to keep up to date with the podcast and to know when new episodes drop. Also feel free to comment and leave a review. Now because this content is heavy at times, you might not be able to laugh it off. And if you are struggling and having a hard time, I will always post helplines in the show notes. So please check them out if you need to. Just remember this, you are special, you are purposeful, and you are fucking beautiful. Have a blessed gay, y'all.